The Vulture and the Otter, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. Stop judging by appearances and make a right judgment. John 7, verse 24. Assumptions and judgments based on appearance usually cause nothing but trouble. The Vulture and the Otter is a charming tale that brings this truth home to us through an early morning seaside talk between a father and his daughter. The Vulture and the Otter, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. A sun-touched strand of empty beach awakens with the morning, white shells like broken necklaces the rocky shore adorning. No footprints mar this virgin stretch, no tracks to north or south. A lazy creek concludes a journey at its yawning mouth. Onto this canvas yet unmarked, two figures breach the sand, like the early brushstrokes first applied by an artist's probing hand. A man whose gait is strong and sure, a girl upon his shoulders. In innocence she sought the ride, not sure the sand would hold her. Now watching birds with each new wave advance and then retreat, she asks to be restored to earth, to test it with her feet. Obligingly, he lifts her like a well-instructed caddy. She jumps in place a time or two with a smiling, Thank you, Daddy. They walk along then hand in hand, her questions quick and bright, like where'd the moon go, for she saw it shining just last night. He told her that two octopus were fussing, which was greater. They stretched their arms up toward the moon and caught them in a crater. The stress they pulled with all they had, a mighty tugging motion, they yanked so hard that big old moon sank right into the ocean. She loves the game of asking dad, and with questions she'll regale, because the answers always come with a new and charming tale. She points at something just offshore, a creature sleek and black. What's that, daddy? What's that there? He, he's floating on his back. Why, that fine-whiskered fellow, he confided to his daughter, is none other than the ocean's prince. That's cuddly Tom, the otter. He floats that way upon his back without a care or fret, for he doesn't have to swim a stroke or get his mustache wet. He was about to comment further on this otter's great renown when a dark and swooping shadow passed between them on the ground. Her head was raised up quickly and she pointed to the sky, where a large dark bird was soaring effortlessly as it flies. Before she could ask a question, Daddy's hand waved wide and slow. I wondered when that fellow would cruise by and say hello. You know him? asked his daughter as the bird sailed past a spruce. Most certainly I do. Why, that's the vulture, name of Bruce. She looked at him askance, put little hands on little hips, crinkled up her nose, and made a tight line with her lips. Bruce and Tom are best of friends. That comment paused and caught her. You mean I've never told the tale of the vulture and the otter? No, she said with hesitation. Check the sky, then check the water. Well, let's have a seat upon this log. And on his lap, he said his daughter. It happened just last spring, or perhaps it was the spring before, when two little girls were walking and were playing on the shore. One girl had binoculars that her mom and dad had bought her. They brought them to the ocean so they could better watch the otters. 
They love to see them dive and swim in groups or all alone, then lie upon their backs while cracking clams with little stones. They watched the otters for some time and shared the field glasses. The animals seemed to perform for these young, lovely lasses. But their attention was diverted when they heard a squawk and screech, and there was quite a big commotion from a spot just up the beach. There they saw an otter. Turns out that this was Tom. He was curled up on the sand, and it was clear something here is wrong. Above him stood a bird, and you guessed it, this is Bruce. As he lowered his large head, the otter struggled to get loose. Wait a minute, Daddy. You are such a silly goose. Just a tick or two ago, you said that Tom was friends with Bruce. Friends don't hurt each other. So then why would Bruce mistreat him? How can he be Tom's buddy if he's going to try to eat him? A valid observation, Daddy says, and you are right. Friends should always love each other, never hurt or scar. But growing up, you'll find that life, it offers many themes, and one of those you'll learn is things aren't always as they seem. A puzzled look came over her. She gazed at him perplexed. So Daddy said, just listen, and I'll tell you what comes next. One girl cried, it's hurting him. She raced quick down the beach, stooping down to gather stones that fell within her reach. The other, with binoculars fixed tightly to her eyes, watched the scene unfold and got one very big surprise. For the otter, she could see, was under quite enormous threat, but it wasn't from the vulture. He was caught up in a net. And the buzzard wasn't pecking as he stood there on the sand. Why, he was pulling on the mesh. He was trying to break the strands. But the girl who was running couldn't see that key detail, and she let fly with a rock that found its target without fail. As Bruce, with his strong beak, commenced to pulling on a string, the stone sailed in and struck him very sharply on the wing. Bruce reeled from the impact, staggered backwards by the blow. As two more rocks came flying, one flew high, the other low. The girl reached the otter while the vulture weakly flapped. Then she saw the nylon net that had the little creature trapped. She bent and quickly freed him. Then she grabbed a sturdy stick and turning to the vulture was about to strike a lick. The other girl ran over and her breathless words ensure that her friend knows what she saw while looking through binoculars. So you see, the bird was helping, trying to get the otter loose from that awful net that choked him like a nasty hangman's noose. Her friend held fast the stick with which she threatened Bruce's skull. I don't trust that scheming vulture or that trick he tried to pull. I think that we should bash him, like I would a thief or crook. He's so ugly and malignant, and I just don't like his looks. Oh, Daddy, she won't hit him. Why, she can't. She wouldn't dare. That would be so wrong, so awful, blatantly unfair. Just because he isn't pretty like the other birds that fly, that's no reason to think bad of him. That makes me want to cry. Sometimes, my little darling, fairness can seem far away. And people make mistakes when they react with haste that way. There's right and wrong within us, but we give our misdeeds clearance when we settle for assumptions and judge someone by appearance. 
Let's continue with the story, see what happens in the end. I have a feeling we'll discover the special power of a friend. The girl was poised to strike and treat that bird like a pinata. Okay, you unsightly vulture, time to whack you like I oughta. The other girl stood nervously, trying to gather some resolve and muster up the fortitude to speak and get involved. As this poignant seaside drama seems now poised to run its course, came an act of love and mercy from a most unlikely source. For the otter did a thing completely foreign to its culture when he put his little body between her weapon and the vulture. The girl paused in mid-attack, just so surprised by what she saw, as Tom reached out to touch the damaged wing now with his paw. He turned his whiskered face and met the eyes of his aggressor. It's now a tale as old as time, the strong confronted by the lesser. As the otter stood his ground between the vulture and the stick, the girl brought down her arm, her heart now heavy as a brick. For this single act of courage served to startle and to stun her. The compassion and the selflessness had thoroughly undone her. She blinked her eyes and shook her head. Her conscience starts to chew her. She was suddenly ashamed of the emotions running through her. The little otter's valor was magnificent and grand. As her fingers wiped her eyes, the useless stick fell to the sand. For Tom had bravely proven words that Jesus did portend, that you have no greater love when you give life up for a friend. Well, in the days and weeks that followed, Bruce's damaged wing was healed, for the girls had made a shelter where they kept the bird concealed. Each day they'd bring him food, made sure he always had fresh water. Fish and crabs and shrimp and squid were brought by Tom, the otter. Till one morning, Bruce was ready, and when mist and fog had cleared, he launched into the sunny sky while the girls and otter cheered. So as Bruce soared high above them and Tom went for a swim, the girls pledged they would never judge someone by looks again. Oh, Daddy, that's a good one. I'm so glad it turned out fine and that everybody got along just as Jesus had designed. But I don't see how the girls could think that Bruce was just a brute. Cause I don't find him ugly. In fact, I think he's kind of cute. This made her father laugh. You've learned another lesson, daughter, as they got up from the log and walked together toward the water. You'll find it's quite a virtue, as he set her on his shoulder, to realize that beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Ugh, the strife in our world caused by judging others based on appearance. Especially when the thing that makes us all the same is our being fashioned and created by a loving Father in His own image. When we have this wonderful commonality, why do we choose to focus on our differences and make unfortunate and hurtful assumptions based on those differences? In Philippians 2, 3-4, the Apostle Paul admonishes us to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. This is one of those pieces of scripture I read and think, if only we could truly live this way, what a different world it would be. 
There's no defining here as to who others are. Jesus was once asked by a Pharisee, Who is my neighbor? Jesus' answer was to tell the parable of the Good Samaritan. Samaritans were despised by the Jews, and yet Jesus made a Samaritan man the hero of his story. Why? To demonstrate that our prejudices and judgments have no place in the kingdom of God. Martin Luther King dreamed of a day when his children would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't think the Apostle Paul could have said it any better.